0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode, our second Molly Bish. I know I need a pen or something. I've just realized I don't have anything to fidget with while you're talking. <laughs> I mean you're the one who's got like a plate of food this time instead of me. Yeah. So <laughs> seeing as how I was banned from eating in last week's episode. So, Tonight, I think. <laughs> no, not last nice. week I didn't in the end. No. That was a long one as well. It was really long, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oops. Uh, but yeah, this week I really apologize. I've got a really bad cold, so if I sound ridiculous or go really croaky halfway through, or you hear me like having to blow my nose, <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um yeah. We've no. also got um my dog is right by sort of our microphone as so any sort of heavy breathing or panting <laughs> is is neither one of us no. it is the dog. <laughs> just sort of put that out there now. Yes. <laughs> um so yeah, any weird noises, it's the dog. Um <laughs> um so yeah. Cool. I guess we should uh get into it's dive it. in. I don't think we've got too much to say. No, no um, a lots really been happening. No, it's although like, oh, there I is did... the really sad school shooting oh, in the elementary school in America. Yeah, in I've been trying to sexual. not think about that. Yeah, just so... I can't imagine sending your children off to school, especially because they're the same age as mine, and it's just... Yeah, my Ugh. heart just, like, so goes out to every parent and family member that's and... been affected by yeah. it. Especially sort of the news today that we've just sort of had that sort of parents and police were there for 45 minutes to an hour um, while it was going on and really? not going in. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, parents were getting restrained and not allowed to go in. No. Um, but police were waiting for backups who weren't going in themselves. Oh, and gosh. it's just, it's horrendous. And I really thought so it's with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I mean, as an educator as well, it really sort of hits me quite hard when things like this happen imagining being in that situation um i just can't imagine the children as well like we're so lucky where we are that there's no need for any of the active shooter drills or well that's the thing everyone says oh we don't have that at all in the uk but a school i've worked at we had to do a um active threat drill once Uh, we had to lock down lock ourselves and the students in the classroom and hide as a drill so actually we do sometimes do it in the uk but i think so not on the level of no. that they do in America, but yeah, a lot of people know don't the, know that we do. My have kids us. have done sort of emergency situation drills, mm-hmm. um, but they're definitely not taught that it's like active shooter or anything like that. No, the way we phrased it to the kids to not scare them was like we were like, oh, you know, it'd be if uh, there was like um, something like fire or something yeah. or like um, a. <laughs> a stray aggressive dog was on the yeah, ground exactly. or something, but it was still kind of because it was a high school. It was like they, uh, yeah. they knew that it was sort of in case of a terrorist threat oh, or God. a shooting threat. Luckily, the touch wood being in the countryside, it, it does happens a lot less. Often. Yeah, it feels a lot less likely. Yeah. But unfortunately, so, that's what everyone says, though, isn't it? Until it does happen, yeah. And I mean, when I worked in um, the private school I worked at, we actually had a student from a different school break into the grounds with a knife. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I think knives and stuff, that's sort of mm. more what you expect over yeah. here. Yeah, you don't really get gun violence, but knife Not violence. Not like, a... in London as well. Like, yeah. But, yeah. But now I just, yeah, so, so tragic, tragic. and things need to that's change. Yeah, I just can't imagine what those families are going through Mm-kay. today. So exactly, um, but yeah. So it's probably not going to get any happier from here on in, guys. Um, at least it's um not current affairs at the mo- that we'll be talking about. which yes. makes it a little easier. Yes. Um, but yeah. So Molly Bish, part laugh, two. Part two. Yeah. So we ended last week's episode with the fact that molly's case and her disappearance was sort of linked to another girl's disappearance holly peranen yeah so i'm gonna start this episode off with talking about not molly i'm gonna be talking about holly okay (laughs) so could not be more confusing with the names. (laughs) i know yeah so holly peranen uh i'll just quickly recap about her so Mm -hmm she was yeah another blue-eyed blonde-haired girl and she was born the same year as molly obviously Mm. she was younger than molly um when when she she died um because it was in 1993 so she was 10 oh um but yes very physically similar to, Mm. to molly um, Holly was on a week-long holiday with her family in Sturbridge, which is really near Warren.
1: Okay. Um, I
0: looked, and I think it's about 19 minutes' drive away. Not so. far at all. No, okay. not far. Such a shame that sort of, it's not... You think it was just that they were there on holiday, mm-hmm. so it's not somewhere that they would have been regularly? Yeah, or... exactly. That's... um, Police sort of thought it had to be a random mm. sort of attack also sort of abduction because how yeah. would you know that they were going exactly. to be there yeah so um it was the second week of their holiday and the day began really nicely uh they'd eaten breakfast gone out on their boat i love holiday breakfasts. yes oh my god like <laughs> it just feels special like i'm not normally a breakfast person at all mm. like i don't normally have breakfast at all like i'll start eating maybe like a snack mid-morning yeah but on holiday when you wake up you've got the whole day so there's nothing to rush to and so you have like you go out for breakfast or have a cooked breakfast it just feels yes cooked breakfast is so good that was like (laughs) this is gonna make me sound like really bad i don't mean it that way but like i think kind of the favorite bit for me of your wedding (laughs) was the cooked breakfast the The next next morning (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was so good (laughs) That um. was very nice. <laughs> like when um, Troy and I go to America and go to like, Yosemite for our holiday- our honeymoon next year. Yeah, the place we want to stay at. Oh my god, we looked at the menu and like the breakfasts look so good. See, we don't know because obviously we don't get our itinerary for our sort of two week mm-hmm. sort of honeymoon plan oh, okay. until right before we go because they don't finalize the hotels now oh, because it's a tour around the country, mm-hmm. but. Like the national food in Costa Rica. I'm so excited for because breakfast is stuff like it's like meats and cheeses and like some beans or rice and stuff. So it's like a proper savoury breakfast, which I love. Kind of like continental kind of thing I love just, yeah, meats and cheeses (laughs) for breakfast. It's amazing. (laughs) One of my favourite breakfasts I ever had was some cured meats. Mm-hmm. Some, like, really nice cheese and then some, like, dried figs and apricot with honey. Oh. And just, like, that all mixed together. That so does amazing. not sound like my kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I mean, for breakfast this morning, I had a bagel with cream cheese and sun-dried tomatoes and oh. artichokes. And that was good. That right. Really nice. Yeah. But, oh, like, antipasti and stuff is so good. It really is. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's... Sorry. Just to go back to the breakfasts we were looking at in America... Mm like one of the breakfasts which troy thought sounded disgusting right. i want to try stop reading the phone um, ruby it's something like rice crispy coated cream cheese stuffed um oh like that like um french toast oh okay i think that sounds really weird but like i think it would be really good I don't know. I don't like French toast or eggy bread anyway. I don't like eggy bread anymore, which is weird, because I loved it as a kid. But now, like, even the smell makes me feel sick. Yeah. But French toast is different, because it's no. sweet. <laughs> I'm intolerant to eggs anyway, so it's like mm. not a good breakfast for me. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, yes, let's uh, get back. So, yeah, the family had eaten breakfast, yep. they'd gone out on their boat. I guess um, C6, so that would really be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd um, headed back to the cottage, and it was um, Holly's grandparents' cottage. Aww. So, yeah. And Holly and her five-year-old brother, Zach, had then gone down the road, uh, which you sort of went down like a little dirt track and yeah. then onto the main street, because it was really out in, like, the countryside. Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they'd gone down the road together to visit a house that had some collie puppies that they were sometimes allowed to play with like border collies yeah Aww. i think so so yeah they were sometimes allowed to play with them if they were out in the garden that's so, so cute i know so they'd gone down there to see if they were out and see if they could play with them um so yeah it was so rural that nobody thought anything of it it was the 90s in the middle of nowhere in a small town everyone knows each other like just they didn't think anything of sending like a 10 year old out back then i remember being <clears> about <throat> six seven in the 90s and going out with my older brothers and our friends for the day and we just no phones no anything. Really? we'd just go out across the local farmer's fields and really? into the woods and yeah. everything so that's the thing like there's i mean we're siblings we're not that different in age but like some parts of our childhoods yeah. were so different. Like mum, I was remember it she would... helicopter with helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> I remember once um, leaving like a jacket or something at the airfield. Mm. And for listeners, the airfield was literally like if you stood in our driveway, you could see the entrance to it down the road. Like we yeah, were it on the, it. It was an old abandoned airfield. Yeah. It wasn't used anymore. No, um, it was yeah from the from World War Two. But uh, we did live on like a main road, but still. <laughs> And I was probably about 11 or 12. And still mum would never let me go do stuff by myself. What? We were always down there. I know. And like we'd been on a dog walk and I'd had my bike. Yeah. um, And I realised I'd left my jumper there. And I remember just like taking that moment to be like, oh, I left my jumper and like getting on my bike and pedalling off before she could stop me. Because I was like, (laughs) no, I am going to go by myself. Like, come on. And literally mum stood on the driveway and watched me, like, the whole oh time. My God. It's like, Mom, I'm, th- like, 11, 12, and it's literally, yeah. like, it's. it takes yeah. less than a minute to cycle yeah. there. and <laughs> there, there was that creepy guy at the airport who was um, dressed all in black and mm. dropping dropping chicken's feet around these, like, red yeah. painted symbols. That was weird. Yeah. There was some weird stuff. Like, there's, <laughs> there's that, yeah. I know we weren't Norfolk. With suffolk but there is yeah. that like normal for norfolk facebook yeah. page isn't there <laughs> that's like and suffolk's kind of the same yeah it's a bit we were right on the border yeah that's the we problem. were <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so rural um just again as so many of these places are described like just somewhere you'd never think things would happen yeah um Apparently, just before midday, a neighbour driving along the road saw Holly and Zach standing by the yard of the house with the puppies. Aww. So they were sighted, like, looked fine. And Zach returned to the cottage without Holly, like, quite soon after this sighting. Oh. It was, like, just before lunch. Um, and said that Holly had stayed to wait for the puppies. Okay. Um, but when Zach and their other... Brother, he was seven, called mm. Andy, uh, was sent to go and fetch Holly for lunch. They couldn't find her anywhere. That's crazy. Five like, years back on that. I oh. know. But yeah, all they found on the mm-hmm. ground by the fence of the property with the puppies was one of Holly's shoes, oh. just um, lying on the ground. so I can't imagine the confusion of being that age and just being like, well, "What do we do now? She's not here." Yeah, that's the thing. Like, no. So they went back to the cottage with the shoe um, and Rick Brainen, their father, like immediately got into his car with the boys wow. and drove to where Holly should have been. Because I just think as a parent what else do you do? Yeah, like, You're going to just have to go and have yeah. a look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were no tyre tracks in the dirt or anything so police kind of assumed that Holly had not been snatched at speed anything like that Yeah. um and this came out obviously a bit later but two 16 year old girls that were on holiday in the village as well yeah or town i think it is <laughs> not a village i don't know if they get really villages in america i don't know no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, they had been walking and seen a really creepy-looking man in a pickup truck, like, ogling oh. them as he drove around earlier that day. And he, like, passed them a few times and was, like, staring at their bodies. Oh. So he, and also you think they're the same sort of age as Molly. Yeah, you know. exactly. But, yeah, he made them, like, so uncomfortable oh. that they went back to where their dads were sorting out a boat because, um the, yeah, they felt really frightened. Like, one of the girls said... um. That he looked like he could easily just like stop his truck and snatch them, like that made us, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, He was about middle-aged and white with facial hair in a light brown pickup truck, yeah. Which to me does sound similar to the description of the person that Molly's mum saw, yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously this was six years, six years, yeah, yeah, but still, um. Yeah, they went back inside and a while later, like out of the their bedroom window, I think it was, yeah. one of them saw the pickup truck again driving like at speed down the road. Ooh, and so it would be so easy as yeah. well to be like, Oh, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the puppies. Oh, I've got some exactly, Yeah, they saw him driving like at speed oh. down that road about the time that Molly must Holly, sorry, must have disappeared. Oh. So Yeah, they kind of assumed that she was kind of convinced to get into the truck and maybe yeah. began to struggle at that point. That's why her shoe came off and then they like, yes. zoomed off. Yeah. So Rick uh, Holly, Molly, sorry I'm getting their names mixed up. <laughs> Rick, Mo- oh my god, you Rick, did it again. Rick, Holly's dad called the police Yeah, so, as you would and really swiftly the Sturbridge Police and the Massachusetts State Police so like just like in Molly's yes. case began Scouring the area for Holly. So I even suppose he would have had to go back to the house to do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because it ni- early nineties. No. Was to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they had a helicopter, tracker dogs, wow. emergency services, locals, and a scout group all searching for Holly for several days. Oh, so again, like even if they aren't connected cases, okay, so yeah. because it's never proven one way or another like they play out so similarly they really do it's quite eerie um, yeah but nothing came to light so again kind of like Molly's case yeah, just, just nothing. nothing like somehow but on the 23rd of October 1993, so 79 days after she had disappeared, Holly's remains were discovered in Brimfield, Massachusetts. Yes, yes. So it's literally mm-hmm. just a couple of miles away. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh. Um, she was found by pheasant hunters and their dogs, um, out in the woods, and they came across her skull and partial oh. remains. Yeah. Um, her t-shirt, dungarees, and other shoe were nearby. Yeah. Ugh. Um. It's really sad. Holly's autopsy concluded she had been sexually assaulted and then killed. And then just her body was just like discarded, just Just thrown into the bush. Ugh. Horrible. Sorry, guys. Every time I do a case, there's tears. (laughs) Luckily, because I sound ill, you probably can't tell whether I'm crying or just ill. (laughs) 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 Um. Yeah. So just that I don't understand. I mean, obviously, these sorts of things we just can not understand, understand, but anyway, to treat a child like that, I and just, just dump them like. your natural instinct when a child's upset or crying or distressed is to try and make it better for them. I don't see how people I like with the news today with the school shooting, I don't see how you can look at children like that and hurt them exactly, yeah, I just i literally I'm so glad I can't fathom it that I just really yeah, can't that's the thing. Um, Go away, Ruby. (laughs) Sorry, the dog is trying to get in on the action here. Um, Yeah, no eyewitnesses have ever come forward to say that they saw Holly's abduction. But yes, there have never been any solid enough leads in Holly's case to lead to a suspect being charged with her murder. And her cause of death hasn't ever been released. So Molly's case was kind of, linked to holly's disappearance yeah um but yeah there wasn't really any there were no substantial leads in either case holly's murderer was never found and saved with molly yeah but there was just that kind of possible connection was brought up and i guess everyone in the area that know of um holly's case as well must have been making the leaks yeah, as well exactly but yeah there was never never an actual suspect charged uh, in january 2012 forensic techniques led police to consider a potential lead okay um a man called david Puliot. Yeah. But he had passed away in 2003. Oh, yeah. So I know. So the link came from DNA testing on evidence collected from like around Holly's body. Okay. Um, and Hampton County Attorney Mark Mastroiani. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't speak Maestruani. Italian, and his name looks Italian. I'm sorry, guys. Um. He said that the DNA linking one item to Pouliot was indisputable and the nature and character of the item tested as well as its condition and location upon discovery suggests Mr Pouliot and or persons associated with him were in the immediate crime scene area at a time relevant to Holly's disappearance and the location of her remains. So that was a quote from him. Ah really makes you wonder what on earth it that's was, the thing it's very t- vague but very definite at the same very time vague and very specific mm. as well yeah they've worded it in a way where it's quite open-ended still yeah but yet they're saying this is indisputable yeah so what do, what like, is it and it sounds like something that only he could have had that would be really personal like mm. yeah like, you, you really wonder underwear or mm. something yeah but yeah, despite this, that's the thing as well. Despite this, Puliot is apparently not considered an actual suspect. Oh. So he w- he's considered to have been there. Yeah. He's been linked indisputably to her disappearance in case, but isn't a suspect.
1: But how does how that does work? How
0: does that work? Yeah. Um, yeah, at the time of Holly's death, he would have been 49. And I couldn't find anything further that, like, tells us whether this leads significant or not or whether it went anywhere i just don't get how would he not be a suspect if they're coming out and saying that he was literally there yeah like while we have... holly's body was exactly there and yeah put there and... yeah i can is it like we think he was there but not involved yeah he or was that he... helping dispose of her yeah or... or that he came across her body but didn't report it but then why would that And why would you also not think that that's suspicious? Yeah. it's That's really bizarre. Mm. Because how can they definitely link him to being there but say oh but he's not a suspect. But it's also interesting their wording that he's there and others essentially. And or other persons linked to him. Yeah. So it's really mind boggling. This case does leave you with a lot of questions um that one's really frustrating yeah um in october 2020 as well so like really recent oh, yeah. considering that this was a 93 case that's never been solved police in Hampden county exhumed the body of a man that was not david Puglia but potentially connected to the case. Well, surely they must have pretty strong grounds if they're going and getting a like, warrant. Exactly, to yeah. Someone. The police literally acknowledge that exhumations are extremely rare, so hopefully means that there is compelling evidence. Yeah. But again, I couldn't find anything about after the exhumation. See, that one I could kind of understand more because it's 2020 and by the time you've done testing and how long testing takes to turn around and... Yeah, stuff. true. I guess, yeah, because it's right in lockdown and yeah. COVID. Like yeah. that one, I could understand more, but the previous one, I know, oh, yeah, yeah, just I, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, Holly's family have a forty thousand dollar reward for information leading to her killer um, wow. out still, but yeah, sadly, other than that, her case is unsolved. Um, and then, yeah, it's really, really sad and kind of eerie as well like Molly heard about Holly's disappearance while she was at church. Oh no. And she was really affected by this, uh, especially because her and Holly were the same age. Yeah. So Molly actually wrote a letter to Holly's family. Oh, bless. And an extract from it is, uh, you can find it online. I don't think it's the full letter, but part of the letter said, my name is Molly Bish. I am 10 years old. Someday I would like to come see you. I am very sorry. I wish I could make it up to you. Holly is a very pretty girl. She is almost as tall as me. I wish I knew Holly. I hope they found her. And then she signed it with love and like some kisses and some X's and O's, like hugs and kisses, and enclosed a picture of her and her family. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's like for a 10-year-old to turn around and say, I'm going to write a letter to that grieving family to try and make them feel better. That's so mature and like emotionally mature. It's so sweet of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's so, if those cases are connected, as well, I just find that so, so heartbreaking. Yeah. To think that sort of she six was years to before, then six yeah. years later, and even if they're not connected, that's still so sad. Think yes, she didn't know that the same or similar thing was going to happen. Especially as it years. affected her so much as well, mm-hmm. like the. Sort of disbelief that she must have sort of felt when it was happening to her as yeah, well. Like, exactly. Like yeah. It's been something that's affected you and that you've yeah, been worried about. Exactly, like yeah. You... No. But yeah, Tim McGuigan is the man who linked Holly and Molly's cases together. Okay. Um, he had been in the police at the time of Holly's disappearance yeah. and became really heavily invested in Holly's case. And. It's really sad as well. His life kind of fell apart because he became so obsessed over it. So many of them do, and they yeah. just make it their like absolute yeah. life mission. Exactly. Yeah, he began drinking heavily and lost his marriage over it um, and ended up actually leaving the police force in 2002. So nine years after Holly's uh, disappearance and death. And he actually was starting to write a true crime account of Polly's case. Oh, wow. Yeah. So McGigan in 2003, um, he was an ex-cop. He'd left the police force the year before. Just to sort of focus on this yeah. case. And- but he was active in the force in 2000 in North Brookfield and Sturbridge. So right when Molly also then disappeared. Oh, wow. So when did he leave the police? 2002 okay so, so yeah two years after, two years after molly's Molly. disappearance yeah. yeah um and again as is the reason i think for so many police officers fixating on certain cases he had three daughters of his own oh so, so yeah. yeah such a in a personal, way affecting yeah. personal case yeah, to him. exactly um yeah he couldn't let holly's case go And through writing about Holly and being interested in Molly's case, he noticed some similarities between the cases. Yeah. So, yeah, like, in addition to the physical resemblances between the girls, both girls were taken around the same time of day. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and from similar sort of areas, like, kind of very rural, but close-knit communities. Because you normally wouldn't think it would happen, like, during... At a time like that, would yeah, you? It's like a daytime morning, always yeah. seems so probably naive, yeah. but so safe. Yeah, it makes it scarier when things like that do happen. Yeah, um, yeah, and in both cases, again, no evidence was uncovered, and they the girls seem to have just vanished. Yeah, that does take a lot of either luck or skill. Yeah, to mean that there's no, no evidence at all. yeah It could <laughs> just be, I suppose that. But then it's like you must know the area to be in these little rural yeah, places. Because I was going to say, like, really? obviously, if you're a stranger just passing through, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to do it undetected. Yeah, true. Unless it's, as you say, two different people that are just passing through. Yeah, but- that's the thing. But then, so, so devastatingly tragic if Holly did go missing purely through happenstance and just being on yeah. holiday and someone randomly passing through yeah. at that time like it's horrible to, it's just horrible to imagine yeah uh, yeah so McGuigan asked the Bish family for permission to investigate okay. um, and they agreed though Heather Molly's elder sister yeah. doesn't really believes that the cases are actually related okay she just feels like it's coincidence yeah um and just that sort of people want to believe they're related because they don't want to believe that there are multiple people capable of this sort yeah. of thing which you can you can yeah. understand that as well yeah um But mcguigan began digging into the cases um and because holly's remains were found by hunters Yeah, He began questioning hunters local to Warren to see if they'd seen anything suspicious. Um, And that is what led to really big breakthroughs, finally, in the case. Really? One hunter, Ricky Baudreau. Baudreau? Baudreau? Um, There's lots of people with slightly tricky names. Baudreau? Baudreau? (laughs) Yeah. Baudreau or Boudreau ricky he uh told him hey ricky, <laughs> hey, ricky. <laughs> told him that he did actually remember seeing something odd a while back in the woods okay um he said that he had seen some blue material that looked a bit like a swimming costume oh. under some undergrowth in the woods on <laughs> i love the name of this place a place called whiskey hill that is amazing i, know. I do love whiskey <laughs> Um, uh, did he not go and investigate like if i saw that i my curiosity i think and nosiness would get yeah, the better of me that yeah i did wonder that um this was yeah whiskey hill was a few miles away from cummins pond and ricky said he hadn't reported it before because he didn't know the color of the swimming costume that molly had been wearing <laughs> and for, yeah for some reason he assumed it was red but, in fact, Molly was last reported to be wearing beige or tan shorts and a blue one-piece oh. swimming costume. But I would have, yeah, as you say, I would have reported you see that anyway. If something so out of the ordinary that it sticks in your mind that it's a swimming costume... Yeah, I wouldn't be thinking, oh, I don't think that's the right colour. Like, <laughs> would you not go over and look? Like, I wouldn't go over and look if I thought it was a crisp packet or something. No, but if but you're like, that's a- literal swimming costume. Yeah. Yeah, I did think that was odd, odd. but yeah he didn't report it anyway so yeah um but the information about what Molly had been wearing had apparently never really been circulated for the hunter to know which seems like such an odd omission yeah big oversight yeah but then at the same time like I can see that if you're like on the lookout for someone who's missing like what colour swimming costume they're wearing may not stick in your mind anyway True. Like, so Surely Your... the fact that you've just seen something should... Yeah, you should bring it up. Always. Always just for everyone's peace of mind. Report of yeah, report over report. It's better to be annoying than like miss, miss something. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah um, the hunter took detectives to the woods where the suit had been seen. And sure enough, in a heavily wooded area only used by hunters. So very much like where holly was found a blue swimming costume was lying in the undergrowth oh they did actually find it. yeah they actually found it it was still there i thought that it wouldn't be yeah you think it'd be gone or degrade yeah yeah because this is like years after um molly's gone missing did they at any point do you know consider that the person who took molly may have been a hunter if her body's found in yes. a place that only hunters go okay. they did say that they expected them to be someone who knew the area and was like a hunter or a fisher. okay. cool. fisherman <laughs> yeah, yeah <fast. laughs> um and i don't know if you remember last episode i said that they had had several sightings of molly in miami reported yeah and they were about to go investigate them okay. this i thought again sadly it turns out to that they didn't need to go to Miami, as I'm sure you've guessed. Excuse the phone ringing, it's just the house phone, which we never answer. answer. No one has the number for the house phone, so it's just like some telemarketer or something. Um, Yeah, they were going to go investigate in Miami these sightings. Yeah. Um, But once the swimming costume was found, the trip to investigate those sightings in Miami was cancelled. Which I did think, like, surely you'd still be following all the leads until yeah, you're sure. Why would you narrow it down to just one? Yeah. Cause... And even if that was Molly's swimming costume, yeah. mm, what's to say she wasn't forced to change or. Yeah, true. Yeah, but yeah, they cancelled that to just focus on this. Well, it seems but a bit. It does seem pre-emptive. preemptive. Yeah. And sort of like they're potentially missing something because yeah. what if she had been in miami but had moved on then by the time they yeah. went yeah yeah what if she had been horrific as it is but it happens sort of like trafficked and sex traffic mm, exactly and stuff. that yeah. would explain getting rid of the swimming costume yeah. and- that's true but yeah they uh yeah focused now on this uh discovery of the swimming costume and the bish family were notified And DNA testings and physical examinations took place in Massachusetts and at the FBI headquarters in Quantico, West Virginia. Okay. So, again, it's a really big response to this case. Uh, And the area where the costume was found was searched as well, which was 500 acres. Oh, my God. There's thick, underbrush, steep hills and rocky terrain. Like, they searched all of that. That's crazy yeah like such hard work it's like testament to how much they yeah. really did pour into this i can't even imagine how big that is it's yeah like, i know it's incomprehensible <laughs> yep uh the bish family were like hopeful that this would finally lead somewhere but yeah and i kind of i understand it like they said they were equally just drained by the chaos beginning again yeah. and like having to go through investigations again and yeah have all of that just dredged up um And six days after it was found, the swimming costume's DNA testing confirmed that it was Molly's. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Three weeks of further searching um, ensued. And on the 3rd of June, uh, that resulted in a human upper arm bone being found. Oh, no. Yeah. It was estimated as being from a person between 14 to 20 years old. Yeah. And they... Presumed that this was probably Molly. Did they DNA test that as well? Then they did. Yeah. Over yeah. the next few days, they found 19 more bones, what? including ribs, vertebrae, and oh. teeth. Oh. But the remains were like scattered over several acres. And it's been years. Yeah. Exactly. Or... But yeah. On the 9th of June, so six more days. Yeah. DNA confirmed that yeah they were Molly Bish's remains. Oh. I mean, it- it's awful as it is, at least she was found. Yeah, that is the thing. There's closure, no matter how painful it is. Yeah. There's that closure there. Um Do they know do they ever mention if the swimming costume was physically damaged or anything? No. Some that... reports said it was like part of a swimming costume. Okay. Others say just a swimming costume yeah so no okay. i had couldn't find anything about yeah the, the condition, condition of that yeah but if they were able to physically examine it i'm assuming it was at least most of it yeah i'm um, just wondering if that gave, gave any clues to what no like because of her degraded condition i did find yeah a cause of death has never actually been determined for molly that's good to be yeah. so hard as well definitely just thinking was it Quick, was it like that yeah. would ta- I think that would torment me forever yeah yeah, yeah. you've got the back, but you don't know what happened, happened to, them. to them no um yeah her body was five miles from home that is yeah oh. yeah and her tank top and shorts were never found which is interesting that her swimming costume, swimming costume was, was. yeah but yeah. Her, the rest of her clothes gone yeah but I suppose maybe the material have degraded more easily I don't yeah. know Swimming costumes, I guess they're designed to get wet. They're designed to Yeah, nice. um, yeah. But yeah, the discovery was obviously really painful, um, because the Bish's family hopes were just extinguished instantly. Yeah. But yeah, Maggie, her mum said that the feelings of closure were also not a good thing, but equally You can close that yeah, chapter know... Exactly. You're not holding on to that hype of are they still alive? Yeah. What, should She's, we be doing more to find yeah, them? Yeah, she said be doing? at least she knew that Molly wasn't suffering. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the discovery also meant that there was now definitely an unapprehended killer at large. So, yeah. He's killed at least once. Yeah, and has been free for years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so unlikely that you do something like that and never yeah. do something again. Exactly. Oh, and this bit really gets me. It's just... Oh. Heartbreaking, it's probably gonna make me cry reading this, but on the 2nd of August 2003, um, Molly's funeral was finally held and it was her 20th birthday. Oh, like, ugh. Like four years later. Yeah. Ugh. So, yeah, it was the date of her 20th, what should have been her 20th birthday. I mean, you know yeah. that they would have deliberately picked that date. Yeah. How heartbreaking. I know. Too. God, yeah. But at the same time, it's you can also understand why, can't you? Because yeah. just having it on a random day as well. Yeah, it would, would feel, feel, at least in a way, you're kind of, I don't know, maybe it would feel like you're honouring their memory yeah. a little bit by marking that day somehow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it means you don't have multiple dates that are, even more dates that are painful in the year coming up to think as horrific as it is you've got one day that celebrates sort of them and yeah exactly sort of the complete circle of their life yeah um due to tim mcguigan being instrumental in the case and molly's recovery he was investigated by police which i think makes sense to me saying you know why are you so interested how have you
1: I mean, Bounter. it does seem odd
0: that if he was the one who did it, he would go true. to all those lengths. But some killers do, don't they? Yeah, but he, surely he wouldn't have needed to interview hunters and stuff. He would have just been like, "Oops, look, I was walking one true. day, and look what yeah. I found." Maybe I can understand. I can understand why um, they're investigating, yeah. it, but at the same time, yeah, it does seem true. a bit of a stretch. Um, he did voluntarily submit a DNA sample to the police. Yeah. But he refused to do a polygraph due to their inaccuracies, which I completely understand. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely that does not make him seem guilty to me at all. No. It makes him seem just sensible. Completely sensible. <laughs> yeah. Done his research, know the bullshit of lie detectives. Yeah. But... And not one of the stupid police that, like, insists on them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did they have any DNA samples then? Because obviously... Like it had been four years, the stuff had been like her remained sadly, and clothes had been out in the elements. Yeah, did they even have anything to compare it to? They did have some DNA. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah, um, but yeah, don't feel too sorry for Tim McGigan being investigated. Why? Because I do think he was a bit scummy. What's he done? In the summer of 2014, he brought a lawsuit against the district attorney's office because they had not paid him the $100,000 reward money offered in Molly's case. So, was he actually doing it? That's because the thing. he cared. Yeah. Or because he wanted the money. Like I can, like, Oh, yeah. I, they should have paid him because yes, if they're exactly. offering that reward for that information. Well, but this is the thing the money was intended to reward information leading to Molly's killer. Not her discovery. Yeah, but McGigan's lawyer stated that some flyers had stated information leading to Molly, so they were quibbling the the, the wording. It seems a bit gross yeah, to be to jump out on for that. money. Yeah. Oh, but despite the lawsuit, he claimed that the reward money was not his motivation for investigating. Then why is he jumping on that? Like, yeah, because he did eventually have to concede that though he had found Molly's clothing, he didn't actually find Molly's remains but yeah it just feels all a bit quibbly and a bit like come on surely the fact that you've helped a family put their sort of missing murdered daughter to rest yeah surely that's enough peace of mind yeah. and reason for doing if it if you weren't doing it for the money the money shouldn't then matter if people say well actually that's not what the money was offered for you'd say okay yeah that's fine i didn't do it for that no like, okay. think if i was in that situation i wouldn't even be like um so yeah about the reward money exactly. i'd wait to be offered it yeah exactly and-, and then i'd be like i don't know like whether it's to do with the family or anything like that but you'd feel so kind of like I'm not sure I should even be accepting this. Exactly. Yeah, like you shouldn't have to pay me for finding your daughter's body. Being a body. decent yeah. human. Like. Yeah. And especially if it is like the family's money, I don't know how it works. No. But I would not want a grieving family to then give me that much money. I'm not sure I'd even want to, like the thought of having that money sitting in my bank account yeah. and spending it and knowing it's only there because of another family's exactly. tragedy if would I make me feel. If I found their child alive. I'd feel a bit better about accepting it, but yeah. not if they're gone. You think, no, they're suffering already. And it just makes me feel icky about spending it. Like, oh, yeah, look don't at my nice be... new car that I got for someone's child's death. Yeah, like, they don't need to be grieving and poor yeah. now. Even if it's rewarded from the government, I think yeah. I still feel so just like, like, I'm benefiting off of someone else's exactly. tragedy. Exactly, yeah no so I just that made me at first I was like oh wow like he's put so much effort into these cases he really cares about but then that just really made me feel a bit yeah Yeah. "Mm, that's kind of a bit shitty yeah so not not cool no yeah Yeah. maybe you know be a good person for the sake of being a good person you don't have to be bought yeah um yeah the investigation though again which had stalled so many times for, and you'd think would have been like reignited by molly's discovery yeah. round to a halt again with like no leads somehow again um the case which began with molly's uh friend's misfortune being hit by a car and then yeah. turned into the tragedy with molly's death well, it's not done with its litany of misery Are either. Are you serious? Mm, yep. Oh, um, it's normally me just like... I know, you know just like, bang, 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 we, bang. <laughs> with yeah. misery. And... Yeah, so in 2003, Peter Ramizuski. Twenty died in a car accident when he hit a tree while speeding I have a feeling that he's um, connected to yeah, stuff yeah it somehow. was absolutely devastating for Molly's friendship group because he had also been central along with Molly in that friendship group no so that group of friends just so many tragedies I mean I'd start being quite worried if I was in that friendship group yeah, as to who's going exactly. to be next like are they yeah. cursed uh huh in 2007 Molly's father John had a stroke Yeah, and that meant that Heather and Molly's older sister took over running the Molly Bish Foundation. I mean, I can understand why you'd have a stroke with all the stress and what life's put you through. Yeah, exactly. On the 13th of October, 2008, Molly's boyfriend, Steve, uh, crashed his car into a utility pole on Fuller Road in Warren. People need to stop crashing their cars. He was speeding and not wearing a seatbelt. Firemen removed him from his Honda. And he was taken to Springfield in a critical condition. And on the 25th, aged just 25, Molly's former boyfriend passed away. Wow, your seatbelt. Yeah. Just, yeah. Why, t- why take that risk? I think some of it as well, like, obviously don't know him, don't know how true it is. But, like, when you've gone through tragedies and stuff like that, and so much has happened to people that you know so young. Yeah. Yeah. You- it's understandable in a way that people develop this sort of attitude of, "What's the point of being careful?" Because true. life can just
1: get yeah, taken away and fuck
0: with you anyway. And it's almost like a self-harm kind of thing yeah. of, "I don't care if it happens." Yeah. yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna hurt myself deliberately, but I'm not gonna stop myself being in the deli- yeah. way of harm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just everyone. Seems like everyone involved in this case seems to just have tragedy after tragedy. Yeah, it's just um, that spider web of how it, yeah. so much. Um, but in 2008, there were some leads in Molly's case again, uh, with a possible suspect called Rodney Stanger. Stanger, Stanger, yeah. Oh my god, um, he was arrested in Summerfield, Florida because he is just a shitty person, regardless. For stabbing his girlfriend Crystal Morris to death. What? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So even if he's not connected, shocking. He is an absolute bastard. Um. Yeah. That's th- yep. Shocked. But when Crystal's sister went to collect um Crystal's belongings from the home, uh, she noticed, and this I was like, how did that even get connected? I wouldn't even notice this. Um, she noticed a firearm card of Stanger's, which strongly resembled the composite from Molly's case. What's a firearm? So, a like, card? showing that you're registered for owning a gun, oh, a so type a of gun. B- so it's basically like, a, like any ID card that we've got, like someone's on yeah. my world card yeah, or something. Yeah, basically, And they're yeah. just like, huh, that looks like that person yeah, from a long time exactly. ago. Yeah, um, It had been renewed two months before Molly had gone missing, so it was a photo of him at, at that, that, time, that time and it really re- like resembled the composite i wouldn't i'm shit at recognizing I people know, yeah. anyway like, but yeah I like, i'm no good with faces that's like composites they never look like actual people no yeah the police also received a tip from crystal's sister You said that crystal told her that stanger had talked about molly and her case that's weird to her yeah Um, And Stanger actually had lived near Warren for 20 years prior to moving to Florida and had been born there as well and had also been a fisherman. Oh, like a hunter-fisherman. Yep. How odd, though, to be talking about the case. I know, but this seems to be a slip-up a lot of people make who are murderers. Like, they can't keep it in. That would, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. That would instantly like, if I was that Mm -hmm. girlfriend, that would just make me think, why the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Like, this happened years ago. Why is this coming yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. So police interviewed Stanger's ex-wives uh, and looked into his history. Not not just one. <laughs> no, yeah. Which, again, yeah, multiple spouses, not something to judge people over by itself. No. But when they've killed people, you start to think, is you there a reason? You start putting together the kind of what a jitty person they must yeah. have been. and he was a man with a very violent past. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to this, Stanger's brother used to own a white car, and he incidentally lived near to Holly Peranin. and Stanger fished at Cummins Pond when he lived near Warren. So if the white car was possibly his brother's, Mm -hmm. did they ever think that it wasn't just Stanger, but it was his brother as well I didn't find anything saying that they investigated his brother. They should have done if he was the white car. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but Stanger denied any involvement. Oh, and he's never been charged with molly's murder because there's nothing aside from like circumstantial evidence connecting him to her so he was dropped as a suspect but luckily is still serving 25 years for murdering crystal yeah so at least he's in prison if it was him which i feel there's a possibility i there. really feel like maybe it was him yeah I, there's, there's a lot of coincidences mm-hmm. there that sort of fit together. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole, as you say, fisherman lived in the area, brother with the white car, violent. Yeah. Just, yeah. But yeah. Um, in, yeah, throughout the time since Molly's disappearance, though, with these this lack of leads... The Bish family have made such a great effort to keep Molly's memory alive through all of that. Like, the 10th anniversary of Molly's disappearance saw a vigil being held at Cummins Pond. And on 2021, so the 21st anniversary, uh, yeah, time. the Bish family drove... Um, <laughs> oh, they drove the route to Cummins Pond from their house, like the route that Molly took oh, that day, um, to memorialise it. Oh! and asked residents to light candles or leave porch lights on along the route oh and um, (laughs) oh my god and share their thoughts and memories of molly on social media under the hashtag justice for molly bish um yeah oh god sorry guys (laughs) it's always me just breaking down um the molly bish foundation was also started yeah to improve awareness amongst children and get clear photos of children in case of disappearances. That's really good. So, yeah, they would have up-to-date, clear pictures that could be circulated quickly. Um, Maybe I'm being really naive here. mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe privileged in a way, but Mm. how... I I don't know how to say it without it possibly sounding bad, Mm. but how do you not have current clear pictures mm. of your children like i'm always taking yeah. photos of i them suppose mine. early 90s that was, or like before then it was really uh, a much bigger you didn't thing. have like yeah. phones like it, almost everyone's got phones in their yeah. pockets and it's probably less odd now yeah because i was just thinking if god forbid one of mine ever went mm. missing i would have photos from at yeah. least that week true but even then sometimes when i try and find like a picture of troy to show somebody i'm like oh god when do i actually have a good picture of him where it's like it doesn't have to be a good picture though does it well you want it to be like clear oh, and yeah, sort of okay. like this is actually what they look like <laughs> they're not pulling a weird face or kind of like yeah. turning or yeah i but... just, maybe i've just got, I've got <laughs> way too many pictures yeah i just lit, like literally just derail it for a minute <laughs> i just got a new phone yesterday because i shut my old one like in the Previce of the car boot, really clever. Yeah, you just—I was putting the youngest, like trike, in the back, and I put it there to rest it just while I was doing that. Instead of the floor of the boot, which would have made much more sense. Yes, it would have done. And I or just... your pocket? Yeah, <laughs> I was wearing something without pockets, oh, okay. so bloody women's clothes. Exactly. Like if women had like pockets like mm. guys do, this would not be an issue. Yep. But uh, so I just shut the boot, and you just had this crunch. <laughs> so new phone, obviously. Um, and I had to take all the photos off of my old phone. Oh dear. And, like, they're not on my new phone because it needed a clear up anyway, but I'll take them off onto my laptop. And there were 15,000 photos that I had to move. Holy shit. Yeah, that's the extent of my, like, photo-taking problem. And that phone's only, I think, like, three and a half years old. Oh my god. So that's, like, what, 5,000 photos a year? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But that's the thing. I'm trying really hard to get better with all of that. Because you never look at them. Because there ends up being so many that you can't actually enjoy the pictures of things. I do like scrolling back and looking at them. (laughs) But what I'm trying to get better with is when I take multiple photos to try and get a good shot. Yeah. Is deleting the ones that I don't want to keep and then putting them in a folder automatically, the ones that I do. Yeah, that makes sense. Um but yeah since starting the Molly Bish Foundation after Molly's disappearance, they have provided over hundred and sixty-five thousand free pictures and fingerprints wow. at safety events. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing, it's like the fingerprints going along yeah. with the pictures, which are maybe more relevant nowadays. But yeah. even so, I guess, yeah, a lot of people maybe if that happens, you might be like, oh, god I don't have any current pictures yeah. of them or yeah um, mine would be when they ask me what are they wearing today I'd just be like I don't yeah. I don't know no. especially because they can sometimes be very uh, creative in their Echetic. combinations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so a lot yeah. of people have issues as well with them taking fingerprints and I really? don't get that yeah so many people are just like I don't want my fingerprints on file and huh. stuff like and like personal freedoms and stuff I'm mm. not so sure that if everyone was fingerprinted at birth it would well I suppose your fingerprints change at that point but like yeah because like if I you look at that. a baby's hands they don't all feet they don't really have any lines or creases oh. on them it's huh. really weird that is weird yeah because um, the youngest one's feet like when he was born I remember noticing it they were just like blank slates there was huh. no like creases from like That's walking so or weird. anything like that huh. they are just like when do you get foot yeah. lines wow <laughs> yeah oh but, yeah man. I don't know yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um I didn't realize until uh, the other day when I just I don't know what I was looking up. That babies don't have kneecaps until they're 2. Yeah, but also apparently the uh, last bones in your body to actually like properly calcify and like fuse are fuse, uh, your clavicles so that like your collarbones yeah. and sternum which can be as late as 26. It's normally between 24 and 26 years old. I don't know your sternum ever fused. Me, well, I just it was my, always fused. My sternum pops. Troy's does. And I've always been like, what the hell? Yeah, mine pops. And it's also taken to, at the moment, um, there was about a year ago, it really flared up um, mm. and just like breathing or moving her. That's gone away. <laughs> but it sort of like grinds at times. Oh that just doesn't sound right. I joke with Josh that he doesn't enjoy the joke but um that <laughs> one day in the future I'm just going to like stretch my arms behind my head and my like sternum is just going to like pop open oh, like an alien god chest buster. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> moving on from that horrifying thing um <laughs> wonderful image for everyone <laughs> yeah but yeah so yeah other things that have happened since molly's disappearance that the bish family were instrumental in yeah the amber alert being brought to massachusetts really? yeah wow um yeah um heather so molly's older sister yeah um she said that there was a girl in Springfield who was abducted and the Amber Alert resulted in her being found alive. That's amazing. And that just like really made them feel like there's tangible feeling that they're doing they're something. They're making a difference. Yeah. And so, so Molly's death has made, as horrific as it is, a difference. Exactly, yeah. Like Heather, um, I got some of my uh, information, especially about Heather from... Um, a podcast morbid if anyone listens or if anyone hasn't listened they're really brilliant go check them out I can't they, believe that people wouldn't have listened because yeah, they're so big exactly. and so amazing yeah and we we yeah. look up to them so much we really do they were kind of I, instrumental in us starting up a podcast yeah. love Ash and yeah. um but they did an interview with Ashina has ever listened to us oh my god oh they, my god oh <laughs> <laughs> thank <Yes>. you moment <laughs> but yeah they did an episode interviewing Heather yeah Um, So I did get quite a lot of information from that. Um, Um, Obviously we'll credit Morbid in our our sources. Yes, definitely. And Heather, like she really acknowledges the privilege in Molly's case as being like a white blonde woman. Um, And so they really do care about using their platform that they've got such privilege to have within the tragedy um, to lead to like positive changes for less privileged victims. In cases that are similar and haven't been given the same attention, so yeah, like having that Amber look come in yeah. and things is so so big. Um, but yeah, uh, in 2021 as well, uh, so last year, a new suspect came to light as well, Francis P. Sumner Sr. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah, he sounds very um aristocratic, mm. like, yeah. I, I do not believe he was. Oh. He was a convicted rapist and kidnapper. Well, that does not mean that he's well, not an aristocrat. Look at all our bloody aristocrats that are rapists true. and I mean, get away with literally a hell of a lot because of their position in society. True. Yeah, but um, he lived in central Massachusetts from 1960 to 2016. Okay. And although he was a convicted Sex offender, he was not on the sex offender's registry. I think he had money. Come on. So he would not have been investigated when the police at the time were looking into the local sex offender. He has money. When you look at pictures of him, I don't know. Oh, (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. But he is now dead. Okay. But his son, Francis Sumner Jr., has been approached for DNA by the police. And Sumner Jr. has clearly followed his father's footsteps to some degree. No, he's in prison in Ohio. Oh. So father and son, both, you know, great people. Um, Sumner Jr. has a criminal history in Massachusetts, records show, uh, where he's faced charges including assault and battery, breaking and entering, and threatening to commit a crime. And then following an aggravated robbery case, he was sentenced to seven years in 2017. He sounds lovely. Yeah. But yeah, so they've approached him for DNA. Um, it's crazy how many suspects there are in the case. Yeah, yeah. So it's uncertain though why Sumner has been connected to Molly's case specifically because the district attorney hasn't released this. Okay. So the Bish family also don't know. You think um, that I don't know how it works, but you kind of think that they'd give them a heads up. Yeah. Um yeah, they're really hopeful it'll lead somewhere. And they said they're eternally grateful for like, the efforts of the police in yeah. investigating Things and like keeping it going. It and so Heather feels hopeful about Sumner's investigation. Uh, especially because the police brought him forwards as a suspect, rather than it being because the Bish family have like.
1: said so stuff up. about him. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um and she's hoping they've connected him due to DNA. Fingers crossed. So, yeah. So um Hopefully that will lead some of yeah. yeah, there's no, nothing else um, that I can find about that as where because that's gone. Because it's probably such yeah. a like, it was current last investigation and yeah. line of inquiry. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Heather, Molly's sister, she said that she just carries her death with her oh, every single day. And that she hopes that there'll be closure someday to provide peace. Because she still feels like afraid knowing that Molly's killer hasn't been convicted, yeah, and but yeah. wondering like are they out there? are they hurting yeah else so they, they, yeah, doing? but They're so sad, yeah, um, and therefore, the possibility of the case being closed with this um new potential evidence potential link uh, feels like quite overwhelming after half her life being spent trying to solve Molly's case, yeah, um, and after years, like decades, literally of trying to go on every tv show appear on every podcast on true crime and even creating a tiktok account during covid to raise awareness which i would really recommend checking her tiktok out um her tiktok name is heather k bish and she's got like loads of really informative and like emotive videos on there uh, but like about who Molly was and celebrating her and i may have to get my head around yeah. tiktok i still don't get I it i know i i don't have an account but i found that i could actually see her profile just like on google okay. so yeah but it's really informative and yeah it helps to just like show who molly was yeah um but yeah like it's quite overwhelming feeling that after all that the case might finally be drawing to a close yeah. um but yeah, she said within all of that, the benefit of trying to be on every podcast, every TV show, like the benefit is that she gets to talk about Molly. Um, yeah, I'd like to share Molly's love and get to think about her and feel really proud. That's so um, sweet of her. Yeah, Just like... I know. Because like, um, oh, she, she's the older sister yeah, as well, isn't she? Like Aww. Heather and John, um, their brother, They still, like, talk about her and what she'd be like and, like, say, like, you know, what do you think Molly would think of this or, like... She's still sort of, in a way, present and with them as opposed to, like, some families do where you don't mention their name, you don't talk about them. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's still there in their family. Like, you can just tell how close they were. Like, oh, setting me off again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, she's also done a load of work on trying to get the familial DNA bill S1595 passed in Massachusetts so that, like, DNA at crime scenes would get passed through what's called the CODIS database. Okay, yeah. Um, I can't find anything stating that it has been passed yet, but I did see that it was brought up as, like, a discussion point literally back in, like, March. Oh, wow, so not yes, long at all. No, so it is potential yeah like if it's pushed by people who can yeah but apparently less than half the u.s states are using it right now that seems crazy yes so much yeah um but yeah uh and yeah the bish family i think are just like we're drawing to a close now with my case sadly with it being still wide open uh they're just like so many others who we've covered and you know, because Ross in Friends is right. Why do bad things happen to good people? Ross <laughs> you know? was a bad person. Yeah, he was, but he was right there. He was right there, but yeah. he was a bad person. Yeah, but yeah, through this ordeal, they still somehow kept like their faith and positivity. In Maggie, Molly's mum, said that through everything they've learned that love is such a strong emotion that it never dies. Um, oh, my God. I need to stop crying. <laughs> I need to get therapy before I do these, like, episodes. But, yeah, like, just so strong to find positives in that. I think yeah. that's amazing. The families always seem so strong. Yeah. And sort of push for so much change, and are so strong doing that. It's incredible yeah, what they do. exactly um yeah hopefully her case will be solved one day it feels close it feels like maybe it could be but yeah for the now tissues brought and not just for her nose. <laughs> no oh but for now yeah the case is just open and that's kind of where we have to leave it but there were some really lovely positives as well within the case okay on the 22nd of july 2001 the Penny Harris Foundation gifted a bloodhound uh, puppy to be trained as a Aww. tracker dog to the nearby Wales town who didn't have one. That's so cute. I know. Like, John and Maggie Bish officially presented the dog on behalf of the foundation, and the dog was named Molly. Aww. Um, yeah. Apparently, the foundation names dogs for missing children. Um, to remind the trainer why the dog's there. That's Uh, really hard and heartbreaking and sweet and just a mixture. Jesus. (laughs) That's the thing that set me off worst for some reason. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, it is such a hard case. It's so hard. And because of that, I didn't want to be crass, but I did just kind of want to end on a slightly funny note if that's possible. (laughs) Uh, Because in my research, I did find something that made me sort of giggle. And because I think so much of what we see in these cases is that humour is kind of how people carry on through adversity. I just really wanted to share what I found. Um, (laughs) There was a mistake in a live 2009 news report when Rodney Stanger was brought up as a suspect. And... They showed a picture of him being taken into custody yeah. in the news report. <laughs> but it got mixed up. And where it set, the screen labelled Rodney Stanger cu- uh, being taken into custody. They showed a picture of a hamster. <laughs> so, <laughs> Down so, that hamster. <laughs> you know, so, and that was on live TV, so it wasn't able to be like rectified. It was literally <gasps> hamster on live TV as suspect in murder case. Wow so it's a bit like that um lecture was it lecturer or senate or someone like really important like that who um couldn't get the cat to yeah of their zoom meeting yes <laughs> oh and just the fact that he felt the need to be like i'm not really a cat I, no. <laughs> yeah so no i thought i didn't really know where to fit that into the case but i just it really did <laughs> make me giggle in a case that is so hard and i thought you've got to yeah. sometimes just find the humour because like what we talk about is just so depressing otherwise exactly. like, you do need some light relief you can't keep going if you just get dragged down by all the misery like, yeah, and there's no light yeah. at all you have to find some way to keep going and stay positive <clears throat> um, so yeah uh, that is kind of the case sadly um, but on a more useful note not the hamster this time (laughs) Um, any information with Molly's case because it is still very much open it's very much being investigated Uh, information can be given via email directly to the chief of police Bruce D. Spiwakowski uh, in Warren at warrenchief1 at verizon.net or by calling the Warren police department at 413 nine five nine five and anything could be uh that break in the case still yeah so we will also put those details in the show notes yeah just in case just anyone in has something and you yeah. don't know how to you spell never know it, yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah with things still being investigated as recently as a few months ago i think yeah anyone no matter how small if you have something you think might be relevant let them know. Yeah. And fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We can do an update to this. Like, yeah, at some point. that he, yeah, whoever did it will be convicted and found. But but they've got to be, but all like at some point in the future. Like, there's so many people, even from the '60s, that thought they'd got away with it, and yeah. are getting convicted nowadays. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, hopefully, however long it takes, like they will, it will be found out who did it. Yeah, exactly. And if you are in the states and have any any ability to support the Bish family, trying to push the um, familial DNA bill, also do that if you can. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, that's the end of that case yeah um, (laughs) and i think i'm doing a lighter one next time (laughs) i'm doing parrots as witnesses to murder yeah but didn't you message me last night saying like oh god this has turned into like actually really depressing (laughs) and it's a proper case (laughs) yeah the one that i was doing actually has now turned into a proper case and is quite sad um and yeah I've somehow managed to from one news article suddenly found a lot of well i went to a link in that one news article that was just a treasure trove of resources and um i'm a bit yeah deep dived into that now so as as seems to be what i do yeah so <laughs> yeah look forward to that one <laughs> yes and we'll catch you catch you next week guys yeah see you later, see you later. bye, bye.